Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Right, guys. Well, well, welcome to our Christmas service. Amen. As y'all know, this is going to be the last service we have until until Sunday. <laughs> until Sunday. What, what day? That's not that's not the New Year yet. No. So this will be this will be the last service we have, I guess, until Christmas. Amen. And then we will we will pick back up on Sunday morning and go and go forth with that. So so with our this with this being our Christmas message, it may look a, a wee bit different than uh, than what you're expecting, especially if you're new. Amen. But but praise God, it, it'll be good anyhow. I don't know. Uh, as I as I as I've been sitting here, you know, praying this this morning, praying this evening, you know, has any has anyone here has this year just absolutely flown by for you, or is, or is that just me? I mean, it, it seems like you know we've we you know we were you know just just getting this sanctuary ready you know for the for the new year and having the Christmas party last year and it's like you know we went into to quarantine which I didn't you know think was going to be possible I didn't think people would would do that and anyhow we did and now and now it's like we got two days or one day after tomorrow and we and we're we're going to be walking into Christmas you know celebrating the birth of our of our Savior I'm telling you it is it has been maddening how fast this year is but I'm telling you God is also putting things together and quickly it's it, we're at church we're, we're we're in a compressed time right here and that's why I keep he keeps on talking about these things as opportunities opportunities and opportunities because just as fast as these years fly by you know they say the older you get the faster the years go you know so I bet when I get Melvin's age or John's age you know I'm just gonna blink and I'm gonna you know two years are gonna pass you know but but you know we are in that compressed time I tell you things may be flying by but I'm saying he's still desiring to do great things and he's doing great things very quickly through each and every one of us that are yielding to those things. Amen. But just as I think we we're talking with Cynthia, what was that a couple days ago? She said, yeah, you know, she goes, I tell you, she goes, yeah, things did, did seem like they flew by this year. She goes, but when I go back and I look at everything that God has done this year, she goes, it seems like it's been ages. You know, when she goes, oh, except when, you know, the things that I've grown in God, you know, the things that have grown in this church, the amazing things that have happened, you know, she goes, it seems like it's been ages. And I'm telling you, I could attest to that because this is, this has been an amazing year. You know, you know, I say that and, you know, the congregation looks at me funny and I say that to people on the streets like, oh man, this has probably been one of the better years I think I've ever been around, you know, but, but we're not, I'm not talking about things on the carnal side of things. I'm talking about spiritually. This, this year has been absolutely amazing. I mean, if you, if you have been pressed in, if you have been taking the opportunity, I'm telling you, God's, God's been opening up some great revelation for you. He's been opening up great doors for you. He's been opening up things for us to grab a hold of and step into if you are pressed in. I mean, see, when I, when I, when I, when I talk about these things, people kind of look at us like, like, what, what, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret. It's not over. We're fixing to walk right back into another quarantine. Don't let this one pass you by without a hunger being stirred up on the inside of you to, to reach forth and, and, and ascertain things that you never thought were possible in the kingdom of God. Don't let it pass you by. I mean, this, this, this thing is an absolute blessing. It, it's getting the church where they're coming in. They should be praying more than they've ever been praying, listening to more messages than they've ever been listening, getting to pray for more sick people never get to pray for. It's, this isn't a bad thing for the church. This is a great opportunity. 
This is a great opportunity if we will look at it and look for it. Amen. We need to be growing leaps and bounds, church, for, for what God has put as a vision upon Kimberly and myself of what we are, what we are desiring because of the desire he gave us. Amen. For this land, I'm telling you, you guys need to get pressed in as well. Not just, not just one or two of you or five or ten of you. I'm telling you, we as a body need to get pressed in and begin to grow in the things leaps and bounds because God has something big for us. Amen. He has something big for each and every one of you that you need to that you need to grab a hold of amen i'm telling you we've had an amazing year people we've had people healed in this in this sanctuary it's been amazing we have people that have been lit on fire and i'm telling you people have begun to notice them they become one of those weird peculiar people amen i'm telling you what a badge of honor that has been listen our church has grown I mean, churches, like we talked, 66 churches a day are shutting down. Amen. We've been saying in faith, this church has grown after every single quarantine. After every quarantine, this church has grown. I'm telling you, church, it's, it pays to be pressed in. Amen. Why? Because it's making a difference. It's drawing people. It's drawing them into that light. Man, <laughs> we put on our first staff member this year. For, for the first time. Yeah. We Jason back there. Yeah. Amen. Found the first person that sat in a quarantine church. In a quarantine. God's, God is opening up a door, desiring us to go plant a church. When churches are shutting down, he's putting it on our hearts, on the heart of Allen Church, to say, no, 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 no. No, y'all aren't pulling back. No, you press in because you're going to be growing. You're going to be doing the things that I'm calling you to do. Church, this, this, this all happened in a quarantine, in a, in a pandemic, amen, where the adversary tried to come in here, shut down the church. How I many of y'all know this is what this is all about? Amen. See, the adversary rose up this thing, rose up this COVID-19 to shut down the church. I'm telling you, he'll shut down the whole world if he can stop the church from doing what they're called to do. Amen. But I'm telling you, just as he released a pandemic on this earth, I'm telling you, God's releasing a pandemic as well. Amen. But it's called an intimate pandemic, a, a pandemic of intimacy, a, a pandemic of, of a heart searching after him. And I'm telling you, church, if you will yield into that instead of rebelling against it, pushing off against it, I'm telling you, he will flip your life upside down if we... If, if you allow it to take place. See, there's always the if and thens in the word, amen? If you will do this, I'm telling you, he'll open up the kingdom of heaven to you. If you'll do this, I'm telling you, he'll pour out his goodness on you to where you can't contain your life. Where, where, where did I just wake up to? I'm telling you, I've, I've jumped into different leaps and bounds this year, and it's amazing, but we got to choose to do it. You know, there's two pandemics going around right now. You can have COVID or you can have intimacy with the Lord. Church, which one are you going to choose? What you want to see, you, you have the opportunity. You know, do you want, you want to participate with the world system and what it's doing right now? Or do, you, or do you want to get to that place of being intimate with him and allow him to unleash the kingdom for you? Amen. Find in your calling, find your destiny. What are you going to choose? What are you, what are you going to choose? And, and what is it in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 30, 19? He says, I call heaven and earth to account for you. I, I, it's, I'm calling it as a witness to you. I'm putting forth right before you. I'm putting death. I'm putting life in front of you. I'm putting blessings and cursings in front of you. I'm showing you, I'm showing you how to have life. I'm showing you how to have death. I'm showing you how to be blessed in everything you're doing. I'm showing you what the curse looks like. And he plays with this. Please choose life. Choose life. Choose life. So you can choose death. You can, you can, you can, choose, the, you can choose the COVID pandemic. You can choose the world's pandemic. But I'm telling you, choose life. I'm telling you, that, that's, that is a word for you today. I'm telling you, choose life. Choose him. 
Choose the Lord. Choose the fullness of the, of the kingdom of God and allow it to flourish in you and through you. Choose life. I'm telling you, like we said last week, it may, it may look a little different. Amen. You may, you may, you may you know, look a little different than the things of the world, but I'm telling you, praise God for it. Amen. Allow it to come and allow it to, to manifest in your life. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus never ceases to amaze me. He never ceases to amaze me. You know, when the world considers this the, probably the driest time of their lives right now, amen, we, we, got, we got people that are getting lit. You know, people, people that are getting lit, people that destinies and callings are being released upon their life. I'm telling you, I don't know if I've ever had in my own life personally so much water and so much oil poured out in my life by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, and it's all been in this where we, we should be dry, we should be mad, we should be pushing back against the government. I'm telling you, I've got greater revelation in the word. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has been speaking to me more, I'm telling you, than probably he ever has been. And I'm telling you, it, it, it comes from this place of intimacy. I got a hunger church. Hmm. I'm telling you, I got a hunger that's raging in me. Hmm. It's raging. It's raging. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to stop. I got, I got a deeper longing for him than I ever had in my life. I'm telling you, church, choose life. Choose life. There's a thirst that's being to, to brew that, that I'm left, that, that can't be quenched, that I'm only left panting for more. I mean, is, is anyone in that same position in here? Because I'm telling you, I encourage you, jump in. Jump in if you're not. It's not too late. I'm telling you, jump in. It is not too late. I tell you, my prayer for us, my prayer for each and every one of us is that a thirst and an intimacy will begin to be poured out upon each and every one of you. That you, that you, that you didn't even dream, that you couldn't fathom, that you never thought could, could come to existence in your life. I'm telling you that it gets, it gets poured out upon you and you get, you get lit with such a, a fervor on the inside of you that you can't keep your mouth shut. That people, that people are like, what, what, what is that person's problem? <laughs> you know, you know, that I, I don't know if I like it, but, but I want to know a little bit more about it. You know, that just, just a hunger and a drive that it begins to stir and it begins to stir and it begins to stir on the inside of you. Amen. I'm telling you my prayer for this Christmas season for Island Church, our family, my family here is that you have a, a fervency on the inside of you and you never become normal. Hmm. that you step out of normal and that you're never normal again, that you never plateau, that you never plateau, that you, that you get a drive stoked on the inside of you, that you want to press in, push in, and grab everyone that comes into your midst with you and not, and not, let, not let them go, not let them go, not let them go the places that they're desiring to go, not let them to, to go against the things of God. I'm telling you, wake up the ones that are dead because how many of y'all know there, there, is a, there is a church out there that's dead and there's a church out there that's alive and I'm telling you, that gray church in the middle, that, that socialized you know, gray thing in the middle that's not really doing anything, I'm telling you, that, that's disappearing. That's disappearing. You're left with the dead and you're, you're left with what's alive. I'm telling you, guys, we, we better be choosing life. Amen. We better be choosing life. Amen. Hmm. <laughs> this, this simple word, 
you know, pros, I'm telling you, little things like this have just revolutionized me over this past year. You know, this word pros, which can mean unto, or it can be mean with, you know, when you see it in the word. I mean, this is, this is such a powerful word. It means face to face, you know, and this, this, is, this is the absolute desire of God is that, is that we be face to face with him. This was that union. This was that communion and union that he, has, that he has made for each and every one of us that we get into that place where we are pros with him face to face, church, that you, that you begin to feel his breath on your face. Hmm? I'm telling you, that'd be, that's intimate. That's intimacy. Intimacy, amen. Mm-mm-mm. May his word and his presence forever change you. May his word and his presence ever change you. Well, as the Lord began to, to speak to me this week, I was you know, see, asking him what he wanted me to, what he wanted me to, to, to speak on today because I was like, you know, maybe I'll actually do a Christmas message this year, you know, and and it didn't quite work out that way. He, he, he began to talk to me about some, a few verses, you know. And I was like, oh, Lord, that's really not, it's really not Christmas-like, you know. But I guess if any of you know my wife and me, you know, we're not very traditional. We don't really kind of yield the cultural things that, we, that, you, that you ought to be doing. We, you know, I, I tell you, church, to be honest with you, we, we just want to hear from the Holy Ghost, you know. I just want to hear from him in everything that we do and give to him the message that he has for each and every one of us. That's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's as, as big as that, but it's also as simple as that. I mean, and we, we all need to get into that place that... Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what things look like, just as long as we're, we're hearing from him and doing what he is asking us to do, amen? Because we are, we are different. Mm-hmm. How many of y'all know that? We are different. You know, you are, as uh, the word says, you are peculiar. The Greek word peripoesis, one that is sc- exclusively possessed, exclusively owned by another. Amen, you ought to be strange because of that. We ought to be a strange people. We ought to not look like different, like everyone else in the world. We ought to be different. Why? Because we're not possessed by this world. Amen. We've been purchased with a price. Praise God. Amen. We've been purchased with a price. I'm telling you, we, we ought to look different because we, because we are different. Hallelujah. Let's go to, let's go to John. Let's go to John nine. Let's see what the Lord has here. In John nine. Now I'm going to cover a few verses here. Just to get to a few verses at the end. Amen. But I got I to lay the foundation of it. And so we're just going to go with it. Amen. We're going to do what the Lord wants us to do. So in, in chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And Jesus passed by, and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? That he was born blind, that he was born blind. Amen. Now, now if you catch this picture here, you know, Jesus and his disciples are kind of cruising, they're cruising down the, wor- the road, right? And they're, and they're chatting, he's teaching, they're, 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 do- they're doing their things as, as they're walking down the road. And, and, and the Lord here has a word of knowledge, right? A word of knowledge pops up and he sees this man that, is, uh, that has been blind since his birth. Amen. Uh, by a word of knowledge, why? Because the guy didn't have a sign on him, said that I'm blind from my birth. This is, this is something that, that the Holy Spirit revealed unto Jesus. So, so he looked at this, and, and, and then his disciples begin to ask him this question. You know, they, they, you know, is, uh, you know this man, did, did he get blind because of his sin or because of his parents' sin? Okay. Yeah, you know, 
Before I go there, you know, how many of y'all know faith draws the Lord? Amen. Because like faith is the only thing that pleases him. You know, it's like, it's like you can give in the offering, but see, if you don't give by faith, he's not pleased with it. You know, it, means, it means nothing. You know, you can, you can pray for somebody's healing, but if you're not doing it in faith, it, you know, it does, it does, it's not pleasing him. You know, you can come to church, but if you're not doing it in faith, if you're not doing it in faith in what the word of God says, then it's not pleasing to him. And everything we do, it needs to be done by faith. Right now, now what was this guy do? This this guy, this is an amazing story of faith right here. So I just want to kind of touch on it for a second here. But but this man was was sitting here, this blind man, and Jesus Jesus had this word of knowledge. Now Jesus didn't go ministering to people that were in doubt and unbelief. Why? Because they didn't receive. He didn't waste his time on those things. I mean, now he had teached them, amen. But he didn't go he didn't go to heal them unless they had faith rubbing off on the inside of them. I'm telling you, faith will draw. The kingdom of God, faith will draw Jesus, faith will draw the power of the Holy Spirit, faith will draw the attention of God 100% of the time. It's like static electricity, isn't it? You know, like, this, this is what faith, it's like static electricity, you know, like you walk and you drive your feet a little bit, you know, and then you go up to your wife and you, you know, get real close to her nose and see, so you can be about that far from her nose and I'll pop it. Right? It is a little zap of lightning will come. Well, see, it, why? Because that static electricity was anything that's a conductor. Right? Now I'm telling you, church, we, we are those conductors. Amen. And Jesus, when, when, we, when we're operating in faith, it's just like, it's just like, it's just like the static electricity. He's looking and, and, he, and it's drawn to anything that is conducive unto his power, that's conducive, that's, that's, that's pulling on, on the word of God. And it just jumps out of you. You know, I mean, I've been, I've been prayed over and didn't even get touched, but I'm telling you, you got, you got to be feeling all wobbly. Some people fell out. I remember the first time my, my wife fell out under the power of God, you know, and, and this is all real new to her. And she, she, this guy, called her up and said, I want to pray for her. Even her mom was there at that meeting, you know, so that was very, very proof positive there because she never would have done that in front of her mom, right? But she walked up there and this guy went to go pray for her. And I'm telling you, he was probably about this far from her. And, it's like, and just the power of God jumped from him unto her. Why? Because she was drawing. She was drawing on the realness of the things of God. And it just, it just launched out from him, you know, and this, this, is, this is what happens when you're praying over people, you know, when you're, when you are in faith, it, it will pull these things out of you. I don't know why I went off on that direction, but, but anyhow, that's, maybe that's, that's for someone there. But anyhow, his disciples asked him, he said, master, who, who did sin, this man or his parents? Who did sin? This, isn't this the question? Amen. Why does that person look the way they are? Why is that person sick? Why is that person in poverty? Why does that person have this? Is, is it because they sinned? Is it because they're not good enough? Is it because God's mad at them? Is it because they, they, they're, they're not standing in faith? Is it, is it because this or is it because of that? Why is it? Now, why do we always ask that, uh, that, that question? Because I'm telling you, everyone asks it. You know, until you get delivered of it. I mean, everyone asks that question. You say, why is it? Because you're trying to exalt yourself up. You're, you're trying to see, why am I better than them? See, see, I'm, you know, that sinner right there. <laughs> you know, that's why he has that. But look at me. God loves me, you know, because I'm walking in absolute perfection. I'm telling you, that's absolute rubbish. That's absolute rubbish. I'm telling you, that, that's a prideful thinking. If you pay attention here in a few minutes, Jesus will set that, that prideful thinking. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll set it correct, amen? But he says, who, who was it? Was it the man that sinned here? Was it the man that sinned? Now, now, what does that even mean? How did this man sin if he was born blind? Did he sin in the womb? Well, last time you checked, if you read the word of God, Paul says, you know, I was, I was alive unto God once, but then sin revived and I died. So that, that can't be the possibility. 
It wasn't that he did something as a baby or he did something in the womb and he died. What was it? Well, see, a lot of these Jewish guys and just like a lot of you know, so-called Christians nowadays, they, they, they believe in reincarnation. Amen. They believe, you know, man, if, they, if this person did something so bad in their last life, you know, they, they'd be born again with a, with a deathly, with a, uh, a deathly infirmity or, a, you know, something that is, you know, blind, lame, couldn't walk, whatever. But, but they believe they could come from a past life, a past thing they did in, the, in their previous life. And now God's punishing for them right now. Amen. He says, was it that Jesus? Was it that? That's, that didn't, I mean, not ever in the word of God, you know, but was it that? Or was it because of their parents? Was it because of some generational curse that got put upon them? I mean, was this, this generational curse that, that you know, their, their, their grandfather or their father, you know, did something, they were caught up in adultery or they're a thief or a murderer, and, and that, that, that passed down from seed to generation to generation to generation. For this one, now he's paying the consequence of it. You say, our general curse, curse is real? Absolutely. It talks about it in Exodus 34, 7. It says, keeping mercy of thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions of sins, that, that will no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children until the third and the fourth generation. It's called a generational curse. That means what, what, if, you're, if you were doing something right now, I mean, and, it, and it, it's sowing seed in the next generation. And then the next generation, and the next generation, and then the next generation. You know, a father can be, you know, planting seeds of, of rebellion, of iniquity, of adultery in their children for four generations down the line. I'm telling you, you know, church, a, a generational legacy of what, of what we're doing is real. Amen. But how many all know, uh, Galatians 3.13 says, but, 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 but Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hmm? Our generational curse is real? Absolutely. But Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curseth any man who hangs upon a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that me might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Glory to God, Jesus came down here. He wiped out every generational curse, every curse of poverty, every curse of sickness, every curse that would come upon us. He wiped it clean, that we could be part of the blessings of Abraham. Abraham, that we could be one of those stars in the sky that God prophesied unto the father Abraham. You might be one of those, you know, dust particles on the ground that we might receive the promise of the spirit church. This has been prophesied for thousands of years. We're of that generation that we get the promise of the Holy spirit. I mean, that that's us. That's what the word's talking about. We're in that generation. We don't have to yield to curses anymore. Church, I'm telling you, people, I don't know if that'd be someone in here or someone online, but I'm telling you, generational curses are not for the Christian. They're not for the Christian. What you need to do is take an ax to that root that's been sowed on the inside of you. I'm not saying, I'm not saying something hadn't been sown. Listen, I had a father, uh, my, a birth father, amen, that, that, was, that, that was an adulterer. I mean, my parents got divorced when I was two years old. Now, that, those seeds would have got sown into me. But praise God, I grabbed an ax and I took, I took it a hold of the root. I destroyed that thing. By what? By allowing Christ to come in me and make me new. Why? Now, I can, now I'm faithful to my wife. Now, those things will never come upon me. I I don't care. I don't care what got sowed in me as a little kid. I've been made completely new. That curse is destroyed. I'm telling you the same thing as with sickness. Oh, church, I'm telling you, you need, you need to hear this. Oh, you know what? I got this blood problem. It came from my grandfather. It came from my mother. It came from my father. I'm telling you, take an ax to that root. It, it doesn't belong in you. It can't stand in you. The only curse that you can, that can come upon you as a Christian is what you allow. That's the only thing that can come upon you. What you allow, 
By through what? Through lack of knowledge and through unbelief and through fear. That's the only thing that's going to come upon you, church. I'm telling you, take an ax. Allow Jesus to destroy those things. It's already been done. But you, but you need to grab a hold of it. You need to grab a hold. Yeah, I'd say this is, this is, this is probably the, the, a well-used ax you could grab a hold of right here. Allow it to utterly destroy anything that the adversary has for you. It'll destroy everything the adversary has for you if you allow it to come to pass. Amen. Glory to God. It says, Jesus said, neither. So who put this, how, who made this person blind? Was it the, was it, was him, the man, or was it, was it the parents? Jesus answered this question powerfully. He said, neither. Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Amen. That the, that the works of God should be manifest in him. It isn't that, it isn't that God, <laughs> oh man, every time I say this, I'm telling you, I can, I can always hear these boiling up in my spirit. Listen, listen, you know, most people think God, this is God, Jesus saying, you know what? We, this, this got put on this man so that I could come by and heal him. Amen. God put this on this man so you could see, you know, Jesus, you know, the son of God manifests his power and his glory here with this man. That is, that, that is absurd. That doesn't line up with anything in the word of God. You know, that, that doesn't line up with anything in the word of God. Jesus himself, when they, when they started accusing him of casting out the devil with Beelzebub, he, Jesus said, how are you going to cast out a devil with Satan? How can Satan cast out Satan? Anything divided against itself is going to fall. Why in the world would God put sickness and disease on someone so he can, so he can get the glory for taking it off? That is absurd, church. That's absurd. You know, that, 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 is, that is not what Jesus is talking about at all. Jesus says, you know, what, who, what, who, how, did this, how did this blindness come upon this man? Was it from him or was it from his parents? He said, neither. You want to know the answer to the question? It's right there. He says, neither. It wasn't from the sin of himself or from his parents. Full stop. Full stop. And then he begins to make a declaration. Then he begins to make a declaration that, that, that uh, my, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That in verse three, that the works of God might be made manifest in him. That the works of God might be made manifest in him. That was the declaration that he began to put forth, amen? The easier way to put this probably would be, Jesus said, you know, so, so who, who, who put this, who put this the disease on him that he can't see? Is it because he, he sinned or, or was it his parents? She said, no, it's not neither. He, he didn't sin, nor, nor, the, nor did his parents sin. Amen. But see, but see, when Adam sinned, when the, when the fall of man came in here, we, it, it, we, we, now you have a corrupt world with a, with a wicked devil that's ruling and reigning on this earth. Amen. And when, and when that, that, that wicked devil came upon him, it made the opportunity, it made the, the door open, it, it uh, gave... It gave opportunity for him to come put sickness and disease on you, on your children, on your children's children, and on your children's children. The same thing that I, that I quoted you there in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He said, these things happened because of that. But he said, listen, I came for one reason. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. See, see in uh, Acts, uh, Acts 10.38, Jesus says how, how, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth what, with the Holy Ghost and with power. That he could 
go around and, you know, everyone that God put sickness on, he could take it away. Is, is that what that verse says? No, it's how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. That he, and he went around doing good, healing all that were sick of, of the devil. All that were sick of the devil. You want to know the cause of sickness? It's Satan. You want to know the remedy for sickness? It's Jesus. You want to know the cause of COVID-19? It's his name, Satan. You want to know the remedy for it? It's Jesus. 100% of the time. 100% of the time, church. It says, I must do the works of him that sent me while it's still day. For the night comes when no man can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am in the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday. What, hap- what happens when Jesus leaves? Is the light gone? How he put that light upon each and every one of you? Amen. The one left where we could have billions of people with that light. Amen. Freeing up people all over this world. I'm telling you, that's some powerful stuff right there. You know, a lot of people say, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard this. I've heard it many times. You know, I, I'd be healed if Jesus was here. You know, just if Jesus was here, man, I know, I know, I'd be so amazing. He'd lay hands on me and I'd say, I, I'd not be healed. Amen. I'm telling you, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You, you want to know the truth? No, you wouldn't. Why is that? Because you can't believe this right now and get healed. You would not believe it when it was coming out of his mouth and get healed. The same way with the people in Nazareth. They, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't receive. I'm telling you, it's the same thing right now. If he was standing right here in front of you, you wouldn't get healed. Why? Because he is right here in front of you. Amen. He is. I'm telling you, when I walk in this room, I'm telling you, Jesus walks in the room. When I come into a place, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit comes with me everywhere I go. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not if Jesus comes, if the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, he's here. The word says, if any two or three of you are gathered together in a place in his name, what, where is he? He's here with you. You don't, you don't have to wonder if he's here. The word says he's here. If you'll believe this, amen, you'll begin to receive everything that he has for you. Amen. says, when he thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Shalom, which is interpreted sent or the pool of apostleship. And he went his way, therefore, and washed. And he came seeing, you know, you know, like this is, this is that faith I was talking about here. You know, see Jesus, he, he, he gathered up a, a little bit of, a little bit of uh, dirt on the ground, spitting it and rubbed in his eyes, you know. If this man wasn't, was not in faith, what do you think he would have done? Uh, what are you going to do if I pick up some dirt, spit on it, and slap it in your face? You'd probably punch me in the mouth, you know. The same thing this blind man would have done. You know, he, you know, if, you, know you, you put what on my face? You know, he, he would have got irritated about it, but that's not what he did, was it? No, because I... That static electricity was being conducted. He was believing God. He was looking for what he could receive from him. And I'm telling you, when Jesus spit on the ground, I mean, he could hear it, you know, rubbing it and started smearing it on his face and said, now go wash in the pool of Shalom. See, see he, didn't get, he didn't get healed right when he rubbed that, that stuff on his face. That's not when he got healed. He got healed after, you know, he, he's sitting there stumbling around. You know, hey, 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 can you tell me where the pool of Shalom is? Can you, pull, can you, can you, tell, me where that, can you tell me where that is? Can you pull where the pool of Shalom is? You know, no, it's right over here. And let me, let me take you by the hand. It's over here. Well, can, can you tell me where this is? Yeah, 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 it's over here. Just keep on falling as he's bumping into people, tripping over things, walking to this pool. And then when he stuck his hands in that water and put it upon his face, 
Amen. Then the miracle that Jesus provided for him, his faith released it into fruition. Amen. The same thing that the miracle that's waiting in your life, you know, if you'll just, if you'll just grab a hold of it and allow your faith to release it into fruition, it will, it will come to pass. Amen. It, it, these, it's not just for the special people. Amen. It's, it's for all of us. It's for each and every one of us. And in verse 8, he said, Then the neighbors, therefore, they sent, they sent, before, uh, they sent before which had seen him that were blind and said, Is this not the man that, that, that had begged? And some said, This is he. And others said, Oh, it's like him, but I, but I, don't, but I don't know if it is him. And, and therefore they said unto him, How were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay, anointed, anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go into the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I, and I received my sight. And they said to him, Where is this man? Where is he? And he said, oh, I don't know. And they brought him to the, to the Pharisees, and at before time he was blind. And, and it was on the Sabbath day when Jesus, when Jesus made the clay and opened up his eyes. And again, the Pharisees said to him, they said, how did you receive your sight? And he said to him, he put clay upon my eyes and I washed them and I do see. He goes, therefore, some of the Pharisees uh, uh, said, this man is not of God. He's not keeping the Sabbath day. And others said, said, uh, said, how how can a man that, that is a sinner do such miracles? And there is division among them. Some that had common sense and some that had religion. And verse 17 says, and they said unto the blind men again, Say, what do you think of him? What do you think of him that have opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. He said, he is a prophet. And the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and that he received sight. And they called the parents unto him that had received his sight. Now, why is that? Why did they, why did they call forth these parents? Amen. Because they didn't believe him. Because he didn't give them the answer they wanted. I mean, these religious leaders, these, the people, the Sanhedrin, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, when they looked and they said, who do you say this man is? He said, man, he's, he's a lot higher than you. He's a prophet. He's, he's, he's at a higher level than you. This man's a prophet. And they said, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. <laughs> you know, shut up, blind man. Sit over there. Let me, let me call your parents. Amen. Now, this is the point. Listen, I've talked for, how long have I been talking? Oh, man. Well, thank God. Does anyone have to work in here tomorrow? No? Yeah? Oh, Cynthia? Oh, I'm sorry. Huh? Zoe? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's grand. You'd be a little late. Amen. Because I talked all that time just to get us to these couple scriptures here. And so this is when my message starts. Amen. This is when it starts. Verse 19, they asked him and said, Who is your son? Or is this your son? Who you say was born blind, how then does he now see? And his parents, and his parents answered them and said, man, we, we don't know. We don't know, but, but th- this is our son. And then he was born blind. They verified it. You know, this, I don't know, that, but, th- but he is our son and he was, and he is, or he was born blind. He said, by what means he now see? He goes, we know not. We know not how his eyes were opened. We, we know not. But, but ask him, he is of age. He is of age. Ask him, let him speak for himself. 
I see a lot of times you just roll over those verses like it's not a big deal. Like, oh, I probably would have done the same thing. Well, I'm telling you, this, the, the Lord was trying to point out something to us. Amen. Why? Because we as, we as parents in the natural, we as physical parents and we as, we as spiritual parents, I'm telling you, we need to, we need to recognize something here that, that we as a people that are, are more concerned with ourselves, amen, we're, we're hanging out this next generation to die. We're, hang, we're hanging them out to dry. We're hanging them out for the wolves. Amen. Why? Because we're, we're too concerned with our own respect. We're too concerned with our own honor. We're concerned with our reputation. We're concerned with everything else except for the, for the lives of our children, whether they be spiritual, whether they be physical. He said, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but, but I'm not going to answer you. I'm not, I'm not going to stand in the gap for him. I'm not going to be the one with the backbone. Let him, let him, let him fend for himself. Let, let him speak for himself. I'm telling you, the very ones that God has given us to protect church, the very, the very little ones, both physically and spiritually, the ones that God has given us to protect, we're, we're hanging them out to dry because we're not bold enough to stand up. We're too worried about being criticized, too worried about being talked about, too worried about being called peculiar. Too worried about being taught, caught, being considered different. Too, too worried about being excommunicated from religion. Too worried about being excommunicated from religion. And we want the power of God in our lives. We're, we're believing God for amazing things in our lives. And I'm telling you, we, we're not entrusted with the natural things that he has given us. I'm telling you, we want, we want the big things operating in our lives. We want, we want the supernatural operating in our lives. And we can't take it the minor little physical things. That, the, that is not, not, excuse me, Lord, not, not minor, but we can't take these physical things that God has placed in our, in our hands. I'm telling you, things are important like. These things are important like. He's raising us up, amen, so we can train the next ones. Amen. We, we can train up the, the next batch of soldiers. We can t- train the next bunch of ministers. We can, we can train the next, you know, the, ne- the kingdom of God that's going to be coming up behind us. And we, we are too busy worrying about how we look to people. Amen. That we, we just like, you go answer for yourself. You make, you make the decisions on yourself. You, you do what you want for yourself. And I'm telling you, God's not going to trust us with those things. We, if we can't, if we can't honor the things that he's placed in our hands, I'm telling you both physically and spiritually, Amen. The things that he's placed in your hands right now, you need to be valuing them. You need, to be, you need to be protecting them. You need to be keeping them as we've been talking about on Wednesdays. We need to keep these things. Amen. If you want, if you want greater things placed in your hands, you need to, to, to mind and keep the things that he's already placed there. Amen. In verse 22, he says, These words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if a man did confess that he was Christ, he'd be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, you know, he's of age. Ask him. They feared their repu- losing their reputation in society. Amen. So they said, oh, you go ask him himself. They, you know, they wanted their job to be secure. You know, go, go, ask, go, go ask him yourself. I can't, I can't talk about Jesus. I can't talk about these things. You know, I, I want my job to be safe. You know, you, you go ask him. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to get kicked out of the very religious environment that supposedly you can get your sins forgiven from. I, I can't talk about Jesus. I can't do those things. I may, I may get excommunicated from those things. You know, go, go talk to him. Go, go, go talk to that other one. Amen. But what about walking away from the things that God's placed in our hands? <laughs> what, what about minding those things? Hmm. 
I'm telling you, fear, fear will cause many of us, fear will cause many people to lose, leave. Fear will cause many people to leave your side. Thank you, Lord. Hmm? Fear of the circumstances around you. Fear of what may happen, I'm telling you, it will cause many people to walk away from you, to walk, walk away from your side. But as I was, as I was praying for about these, just these couple verses here, the, the Lord just started speaking to me. He said, and he spoke, spoke so gently, and he said, said, tell them this simple message. And I wrote it down, amen. He said, tell them this simple message. He goes, tell my people that I've never left them. I've never left them. I'll never leave those who desire me. For I am that loving father that the good shepherd opened up the door to. I am that good father that the, that the good shepherd has opened up the door to. He says, you may have had many fathers or spiritual fathers, leaders, friends, maybe even husbands that have left you. They've left you out in the cold to fend for yourself. He said, but I came that you may have life and freedom from bondage. For you have received the, this spirit of adoption. The, the spirit of weothesia. This graduation into, into adult sonship. Where we can cry, Abba. Abba, Father, Daddy. And crawl up in his lap. Allow him to protect you. Allow him to pour out good things into you. I'm telling you, church, this world is, is ran by fear. Don't yield to it. Don't yield to it. This world is ran by fear. Don't, don't yield to it. The, the tactics of Satan have never changed in his desires to manipulate you through fear. If you don't believe it, look at, look at 2020. That, that easy. Fear shut down the world. The Lord said, Satan rules this world by fear. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He is the God of this world. He, is, he isn't our God. He's the God of the world, the, out, you know, the, the outsiders, as the word says. We're not the outsiders. They're the outsiders. He is, he is the God of that world. He says, but, but I so love this world with a perfect love that casts out fear. That I sent my son, not fearing consequences, not fearing Satan, not fearing the ones that wouldn't even receive me. But I came to save you and redeem you. Church, you think about that. The God of this world, in which all things were, in which created all things and all things were created for him. Just draped in flesh upon himself and came down here for each and every one of us. He could have done it a million different ways, but he came down here with flesh on, gave himself up for each and every one of us for one purpose. There's one purpose. It's unity. It's restoration. To restore unity between us and, and the Father. And I'm telling you, this, this is something we need to get a revelation on in this season that we're in. You know, because this is the purpose that Jesus came for. Because he, he came for you. He came for you. He came for each and every one of you. He came for the ones that, that reject him. 
He came for each and every one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, if the devil could have figured it out, he never would have let him be born. You know, the devil, just like most of humanity, thought he had come down as a king, you know, a king draped in, in glorious clothing and, and 10 foot tall and bulletproof, and he came as a baby. He came as a baby, riding in on a donkey <laughs> as an adult. Amen. If he, if he, if he, would have never, he never would have allowed him to be birthed. He never would have allowed him to be crucified if he, if he would have only known. Amen. But Emmanuel with us. Glory to God. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I'll finish with this. Because I've been wanting this to be a, something that we do here. And since John stole it from me on Sunday, I'm going to do it again. Because I'm the pastor. I get to do that. <laughs> so in Luke 2, I'm going to do it from the Passion Translation. So let me read a few few verses here about the season that we're in. It said, during those days, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, ordered the first census to be, to be taken throughout the empire. Quirinius was the governor of Syria at that time. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiancee, Mary, left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed into the hometown in Judea, the village of Bethlehem. King David's ancient home. Then or they were required to register since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. And when, when they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor. And there, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. And after wrapping the newborn baby in, in strips of clothes, they laid him in the feeding trough since there was no available space in the upper room or the guest room in the village. That night in the field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flock. I love that point that John made on Sunday. Amen. That God has always brought the gospel into the ordinary. Amen. God loves the ordinary. And he said, when there were shepherds watching over the flocks, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lightening up the field with blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel, but the angel reassured me, he said, he said, don't be afraid. I've come to bring you good news, the most joyful news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born. For you. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born, and he was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in, in strips of clothes lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. In the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. That last verse, I'll finish actually with this one. This last verse, you know, if you look at that in the, in the Greek lexicon and the, the Greek interlinear, it actually phrases it like this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth and peace among all whom he is well pleased. That's powerful. Do you hear that? Glory to God in the highest 
and on earth, peace among all whom he is well pleased. I'm telling you, my message for you today is God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. No, 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 don't, 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 don't look on, on, on that side of things. I'm not talking about God is pleased with some of the things you do. I'm not saying God's pleased with your sin. I'm not saying he's pleased with it, but God is pleased with you. So pleased he, he gave his only son for us. This, this is what we're saying. This is what we're celebrating. Is God with us. That God loved us so much he came here and became with us to where we could be made one with him again. Amen. I'm telling you, he gave me this, the, the title for this message. He says, he says, Abba has never left you. Your daddy has never left you. He's never abandoned you. But gave it all up for you. Amen. This is the reason. This is the reason for the, the season, church. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Be bold enough to speak that to someone. Be, gold, be bold enough to share his goodness with them while, while, uh, while we're having maybe your, your last family dinner here for a while, amen? Be bold enough to, this, to, to allow the goodness of God that's in you be released through you and let it change someone's life, amen? Amen? He chose you. He chose you to do it. He's pleased with you. Don't be bashful, amen? Well, Father, we thank you. Hmm. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness. But I thank you for your son. I thank you for your plan of salvation and redemption. Lord, I glorify you for it. Thanking you, Lord. Thanking you, Lord, for, for giving Jesus to us. For him that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. I thank you, Lord, for that righteousness, that right relationship, that union that you have brought us into. Lord, may we remember that. Maybe remember what the reason of the season is, Lord, it's Jesus. Lord, may you be the reason for every season in our life. Hmm. Emmanuel, God with us, or we glorify you, we thank you for it, Lord. We praise your holy name, and that's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. amen.